The Impeachment Witch Hunt with Greg Jarrett. The yawning came early on day one of the Senate impeachment trial of President Trump. There was a run on no-dos at Walgreens. If Americans tuned in to watch today, you can bet they'll choose a rerun of Happy Days tomorrow. The soporific debate over what procedures to adopt proved a tepid bore, with some exceptions, as Democrats introduced an endless stream of amendments destined to go nowhere fast. The first votes made it clear that Republican senators would adopt the majority leader's resolution setting forth the order and parameters of the trial— Opening statements first, then written questions from senators, then a later decision on whether witnesses will even be necessary or relevant. Representative Adam Schiff, the leading House manager for Democrats, hurled the usual inflammatory accusations from his grab bag of anti-Trump invectives. Corruption, cover-ups, misdeeds, lawlessness, guilt. He tried to enliven his monotonous delivery with graphics, but the excessive words only added tedium to his largely laborious argument. Rule 7 authorizes the presiding officer to rule on all questions of evidence, including but not limited to questions of relevancy, materiality, and redundancy. This rule, too, presumes that the Senate trial will have testimony giving rise to such questions. Rule 11 authorizes the full Senate to designate a committee of senators to receive evidence and take testimony at such times and places as the committee may determine. As Rule 11 makes clear, the committee's report must be transmitted to the full Senate for final adjudication. But nothing herein, the rule states, shall prevent the Senate from sending for any witness and hearing his testimony in open Senate or by order of the Senate involving the entire trial in the open Senate. Juxtaposed to that, the counter-arguments delivered by Jay Sekulow, President Trump's defense counsel. They were animated, succinct, and effective. He confronted Schiff with his own words years earlier when he defended the legal right of a Democrat president to invoke executive privilege in a congressional hearing, something Schiff now claims a Republican president should not be allowed to assert if his top aides are called as witnesses. On June 28, 2012, Attorney General Eric Holder became the first United States Attorney General to be held in both civil and criminal contempt. Why? Because President Obama asserted executive privilege. With respect to the Holder contempt proceedings, Mr. Manager Schiff wrote, the White House assertion of privilege is backed by decades of precedent that has recognized the need for the president and his senior advisors to receive candid advice and information from their top aides. Mr. Schiff also talked about a trifecta. I'll give you a trifecta. During the proceedings that took place before the Judiciary Committee, the president was denied the right to cross-examine witnesses. The president was denied the right to access evidence. And the president was denied the right to have counsel present at hearings. That's a trifecta, a trifecta that violates the Constitution of the United States. Co-defense counsel Pat Cipollone further energized the debate by excoriating Schiff for lying about President Trump's conversations with Ukraine's President Zelensky. He went to the House 
and he manufactured a fraudulent version of that call. He manufactured a false version of that call. He read it to the American people, and he didn't tell them it was a complete fake. Do you want to know about due process? I'll tell you about due process. Never before in the history of our country has a president been confronted with this kind of impeachment proceeding in the House. Now, Mr. Nadler, when he applied for that job, told his colleagues when they took over the House that he was really good at impeachment. But what happened was the proceedings took place in a basement of the House of Representatives. The president was forbidden from attending. The president was not allowed to have a lawyer present. In every other impeachment proceeding, the president has been given a minimal, of, minimal due process. Nothing here. Not even Mr. Schiff's Republican colleagues were allowed into the skiff. Information was selectively leaked out. Witnesses were threatened. Good public servants were told that they would be held in contempt. They were told that they were obstructing. What does Mr. Schiff mean by obstructing? He means that unless you do exactly what he says, regardless of your constitutional rights, then you're obstructing. The president was not allowed to call witnesses. By the way, there's still evidence in the skiff that we haven't been allowed to see. I wonder why. Stay right there. We'll be right back after this. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. While Schiff will be prosecuting the case in the Senate, Day one of the trial made it clear he will also be the target of scorn by Trump's attorneys for the dishonest and discriminatory way he conducted the impeachment proceedings in the House. Beyond blatant due process violations, Schiff has insisted that the evidence against Trump is overwhelming. Why then does he now want the Senate to call new witnesses that the House declined to pursue? The reason is obvious to anyone who's paying attention. The case against Trump is embarrassingly weak. Nowhere in the two articles of impeachment is a crime or violation of law alleged, much less high crimes and misdemeanors as the impeachment clause in the Constitution mandates. In the case brought against President Bill Clinton, there were numerous crimes identified, but here there are none. Instead, on a purely bipartisan vote, House Democrats impeached President Trump by imputing an improper motive in his telephone conversation with Zelensky. They divined his intent as corrupt without any credible evidence to support it. In their 110-page brief, counsel for the president argued that this dangerous precedent allows any future hostile House to attack almost any presidential action by challenging a president's subjective motives. Congress is now the self-appointed thought police. By lowering the standard, 
The House has diluted the constitutional measure of impeachment and trivialized what the framers intended to be a powerful remedy of last resort. What does it mean going forward? Impeachment in perpetuity. Every presidential act can be contorted by an opposing party determined to weaponize impeachment for purely political reasons. Any president who asserts a legal privilege will stand accused of an impeachable offense labeled obstruction of Congress. Democrats will not relent in their quest for new witnesses, but they should be careful of what they wish for. If granted, it would open a Pandora's box that Trump's opponents may come to regret. Republicans would be entitled to call their own witnesses, and Schiff could find himself sitting in the witness chair. There is evidence that he and or his office worked secretly with the faux whistleblower in orchestrating the complaint that triggered the impeachment of President Trump. Then Schiff lied to the American public about it. If called as a witness, he might want to consider invoking his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, because lying to Congress is a crime. I'm Greg Jarrett. Be sure to pick up my new book, Witch Hunt, the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.